Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. In this episode, I am thrilled to welcome Jackie Ducci back to the podcast. You might remember Jackie from my conversation with her early on in the podcast, episode 18. When Jackie first joined me just about three years ago, she was running her own business, a talent acquisition agency with an astounding 90% success rate placing candidates in long-term positions. By all accounts, Jackie was crushing it in her career. But despite all of her success, Jackie felt pulled in another direction. So last year, she left her career in recruiting and founded the Human Animal Alliance, whose mission is to transform lives nationwide through the power and value of the human-animal bond. During our conversation, Jackie and I talk about helping young people find a career that matters how one adult's words can shatter a teenager's dreams, and why it's never too late to pivot in a career. Jackie's passion for animals is evident in the work that she does. If you know a teen or young adult who wants to work with animals but doesn't want to pursue a career in veterinary medicine, this is a conversation you will want to hear. Now let's get started. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for coming back again to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to return. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good to see you and so much has changed in your life. I feel like I'm living a different (laughs) life. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you you sort of are. So um, that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm pretty excited about that. But before we get started, why don't you just give a quick intro about who you are and what you do now? Sure. So I ran a recruiting firm for many years. That was my career for about 17 years from graduating from college on. Um, I had a 90% success rate placing candidates in long-term positions. You know, I worked with clients nationwide. I had this great team. I was like living this life in the recruiting industry that I thought was such a good fit for me. And then somewhere along the way, a couple years ago, I just started feeling like it was not fulfilling for me anymore. Um, Things were just changing and it was time I knew in my heart to transition to something else. So long story short, I now run a charity, um, a nonprofit that is um, the mission centers around the human animal bond, which is something that's very personal to me and always has been. So it's just been a whirlwind, you know, transitioning from corporate to nonprofit. And I know we're going to talk about all of that um, but yeah, that's a brief overview of where I'm at. Wow. And you, you and I kind of share a similar journey in that I did the same thing. I was in corporate for, gosh, tw- almost 20 years mm-hmm. and started to feel unfulfilled, kind of like I wasn't finding my purpose mm-hmm. and then left to do the podcast and, and now career coaching. So I share your your sense of finding finding something that matters. And I just did a podcast episode um, about this uh, just recently with Mike Mariner from um, Road Trip Nation, and they talk about finding a career that matters. Mm, So um, let's talk a little bit about your pivot. So Mm -hmm. you were in recruiting for so many years, and obviously you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go start a nonprofit for the human, you know, worst connection. Yeah, it's super interesting. So, you know, and I had a good run in recruiting. I 
had published a book that was really successful. I was doing press. I had like all this fun stuff that was going on around my career. And it's really interesting because I I heard someone say once, you never quit something on a bad day because we all have bad days, right? But when you're feeling like something is not a good fit for you on a good day, that's when you know you're kind of misaligned. So that's what was happening to me. I was feeling like even on the good days when things were happening that I should have been really excited about, I was just not feeling like I was in the right place. And so that's when the wheels started turning and I said, I need to go a different direction. It just took me a while to figure out what that was going to look like. And this is a really important message for young people. Well, really people of any age, right? I mean, you could be in high school and college, just starting out your career or or mid-career, you have to kind of listen to your gut and trust your gut. And if it tells you this doesn't feel right, then, then maybe shift direction. And I think with, particularly with young people, the high school students and, and college age kids that I talk to, they feel like, no, I have to figure it out. I have to make a decision and I have to stick with that. And I think this is a really, really important lesson for them and for parents, their parents to hear that it's okay to pivot, whether it's two years in, five years in, or, you know, 20 years. And it's so interesting because I was working in recruiting for so long. I was one of those people that was always preaching You need to figure it out as soon as possible because in the world that I was living in, yes, employers want to see really good tenure and they want to see that you think you're on a, you know, a track that's consistent. And so there is some validity to that, but I think it's so interesting. It's like the universe then put me in this position where it was like, well, guess what? Now we're going to shake it up and you're going to understand what everybody else you've been talking to is feeling. And yeah, I mean, you absolutely can change course. I think what I would say about that is really be thoughtful when you decide to take that plunge because what you don't want to do is pivot like multiple times. I think if you're making a really big shift, you want to really make sure that what you're choosing next is something that you know in your heart is really for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and you had the opportunity to pivot in a direction of one of your passions, a hobby more than a hobby, a passion that you had since, I mean, does that go all the way back to childhood that you loved horses? When did that start? Yeah. My mom always said she thinks in a past life, I was like something (laughs) to do with horses. But um, yeah, from the time I was very small, um, I was just very drawn to them and not just horses, but dogs as well. Like all animals I really had a connection with. But the story that I always tell is that when I was a kid, I was actually very introverted and had a hard time in school because I just really didn't talk very much at all in class. And that was a big thing in the private school system that I was in where they really believed that the more vocal you were and the louder that you were, the smarter you must be. (laughs) So it was like the loudest voice in the room must be the smartest kid. And they really believed that. And they just hammered into me year after year that I was not good enough. Like I had to change this about myself. And when I was in the sixth grade, an administrator said to me that I would never amount to anything in life if I couldn't figure this out and talk more because the world belongs to extroverts. And I will never forget that. It was one of those like, and I believed it because I was a kid. Uh, Well, of course you did, right? Mm -hmm. You're hearing this from an administrator. You're a young person who doesn't have a lot of confidence and doesn't know that that's not true. So I really internalized that and thank God for my parents because I think they intuitively knew 
how important the animals were to me during that time. Cause I would leave school just feeling like so beat down emotionally. And then every day it was, I would leave school and I would go to the barn and I rode not just recreationally, but competitively from the time I was a kid. And I just loved it. And I, I credit the horses to like the person that I am today, because I think they taught me that my value was so much more than what I had to say. Cause my connection with them was not verbal. You know, I would go there and just have these amazing relationships with them. And it gave me so much confidence. So I love that, that they taught you that. They did. That's so cool. And that's why that's, I'm doing this work because I, I believe in the value of that bond with animals so much. And I just, the whole point of my charity is to help other people to experience that as much as possible. Like if I can spread that all over the world, then I've done good. So this is a great topic to talk about because when I speak to young people, a lot of them say, I love animals. I want a career with animals, but I don't want to be a veterinarian. I don't want to cut animals open or see them when they're sick or hurt. Um, but they don't really know what else there is. So I love that you're opening up this window to career a career direction that a lot of young people don't know about. So can you talk a little bit more about it, about the work you do and, mm -hmm. and how it's benefiting people? Definitely. So it's really the mission comes down to either keeping people and animals together or bringing people and animals together. So what I mean by that is providing access to animals is a big thing. So we support animal therapy programs, anybody that's been through trauma, different things like that, where an interaction with an animal can help them, um, work through something difficult, similar to my story, actually, you know, that was a good example. Um, keeping people and animals together has been huge for us starting out these last six months because we're in recession right now. And, you know, the more I looked into this, there are just so many people that are having to surrender animals because they cannot afford them. And it's terrible. I mean, they get hit with a big vet bill or something like that, that they just you know, they can't do it. And then they're off to a shelter and it's heartbreaking. So a lot of what we are doing now is providing support to safety net charities, we call them. So all over the country, you know, finding cases where we can get money to people or support to people so that they don't have to give up their animals. Because I believe when you're going through something difficult, having to lose your animal on top of that is the worst possible thing that can happen. So that will always be central to our mission as well as trying to maintain um, those relationships. Um, and then the third component, which we haven't started yet, but it's on the radar, is uh, getting involved in public policy a bit. So there are certain bills out there that um, advance the human-animal bond in some way or another. And so we're looking at that legislation and trying to figure out, you know, how we can get behind that and help get certain things passed that would further the cause. So it's exciting. This is great, great work. Like you're making so much impact and you're going to make so much more impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard. And I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, 
individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. So did you ever, along the way, did you ever feel like, I wish I could do something with animals? I wish I could have a career. Did you even think about it back in high school? Like when you were picking a major in college, did it ever occur to you to do something it's like that? It's kind of funny. So I, I think at one point I actually considered veterinary and I made a comment to a relative about it and they just looked at me and they're like, yeah, but you're terrible at science. <laughs> I was like, actually, you're terrible at what? Science. <laughs> And I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, actually I am. That was not my forte in science in school. So I was like, okay. So it was a very quick, you know, a fleeting thought, I guess, of, okay, maybe I'll do that. Um, And then not such a good match. But no, I just kind of assumed that horses, animals, whatever was going to be a hobby. It was going to be a part of my life that was very important. But I really never sat and thought about making it a career in any way. And if I could do my life over again, maybe I would, you know, I might've made different choices, Mm -hmm. but you can't go back. So, yeah. And knowing what you know now, would you recommend that parents reinforce to their kids that you don't have to pick one career for the rest of your life? I think so many kids are afraid to pick a major or afraid, you know, stressed out about going to college because they don't know what they want to do. And I keep saying, all you have to do is pick what's next. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pick forever. But what do you think about that? I mean, you've been in the recruiting space and now you're in a new space after pivoting. What would you say to young people who are feeling overwhelmed and confused and stressed? Yeah, I will say the same thing that I told my young candidates back then in recruiting. Don't worry so much about what you're going to do and think more about who you are. Because I think a lot of it is there's so much focus on like, oh, what's the career path? But nobody's looking internally and really looking internally and figuring out what are my strengths? Like what makes me tick? Uh, You know, it's like I think there is some effort made to look at those pieces of the puzzle, but really not nearly enough. And so I think if kids got clearer about who they are and they're making decisions in alignment with that, they cannot make a mistake. And then, like you said, once you got clear about the core of like who you are as a person, it's one foot after the other, and it's going to come together in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid to, not afraid to look inside, but afraid to pursue something that they feel they will be judged for, or, you know, maybe their parents say, you can't make any money doing Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, don't go, don't choose that route. And it, you know, if it, if it feels meaningful and purposeful to them, then they should be able to pursue it. What would you say to parents who kind of squash their kids' dreams? I agree with you. That happens a lot. It happened to me. It happened to a lot of my friends. And I think the problem is when you're young, it's like one adult can make one comment and you just really internalize it and you believe it. And then you never think about it again, or you just like take it as truth. And I think the more that parents and teachers can encourage kids to explore the better, you know, and not shoot things down. Um, There are a lot of kids out there would probably be a lot better off if they felt free to examine things without judgment. 
Yeah, to follow their own path. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Yeah. With guidance. And what about now? With guidance. You know right. what I mean? Of course right. you need guidance, but like there's a way to do it in a way that's supportive and encouraging and not just dashing someone's dreams. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And did a lot of people kind of shake their head at you when they found out that you were leaving your very successful business and going in a different direction where people like, what are you thinking? Are you nuts? You know, I don't know because I think, I think there were probably people who thought that and maybe they still do. Um, no one has said that to my face, but I think it's also because I had such a plan. Like this was not like I woke up one day and said, okay, well now I'm just doing this. It was a phasing out process of my existing company and transitioning that to someone else essentially. And then um, really, I, I will tell you, like the nonprofit startup process is so much more complicated and so much more involved than starting a for-profit business. Like I had no idea what I was in for. So it took a really long time to get all the ducks in a row. So by the time we launched, I was just so organized that it was sort of hard to argue with it. <laughs> like I had a great team put together. I had a plan. It was like, this is happening. You know, nobody was going to talk me out of it at that point. So Yeah. I've heard that I've heard that nonprofits are an incredible amount of paperwork and red tape and approvals and mm-hmm. it's just a lot. I wake up every day and there's something else that I have to deal with that I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> like and I have a really good legal team and accountants and all that, but it is a lot. It is a lot. Okay. Well, it seems like you're navigating it pretty Thank well. Thank you. I, I hope so. I like to think so. <laughs> So a lot of my listeners are parents and a lot of them are mid-career or close to mid-career. So what would you say to them who, you know, maybe their kids are going off to college and they feel like they want to restart their career, either something they have done before or not done before, or they do want to pivot. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I mean, how do you get started? Because there's just so much Mm -hmm. to do. I think that that's a classic case of, capitalize on your network and like it's okay to get to the next stage based on who you know like i i am a huge proponent of networking and i think especially in a case like that when you are going to change course it's really hard like you're not going to get there just by throwing your resume on monster.com or linkedin and hoping for a phone call you know because no recruiter is going to look at that and say oh this is a logical fit for the role that i'm you know so you need to Work with people and get a little creative in terms of how you're putting yourself out there and really being able to explain how the skills that you have from your current career can apply to whatever it is that you're trying to get into. So I think really thinking that through so you feel like you know what you're going to say when people start saying, well, you know, why you? Um, The more confident you can be about your desire to do it and your ability will help a lot. That's great advice. Really good advice. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the nonprofit and the work you're doing and how people can support you, get involved, know, learn more? Sure. So our website is h-aa.org. We're the Human Animal Alliance is the name of the organization. Um, I love that. Thank you. And, you know, really one thing I haven't mentioned yet is I try to be very aware of what's happening in the world and using that information to determine like where our grants are going to go. 
So the example I gave earlier about, you know, what's happening with the recession and people surrendering animals, because that's so timely, it's something that we really put a lot of resources behind um, this year. So that's big, you know, God forbid we ever are involved in war or something like that again, like the issue of what do uh, military personnel do with their animals, that could be something. So we're just always looking for examples of like real time, real world, like where can we help people and animals? So that relevancy is, is really key. Um, I'm really proud to say we've given out in the, well, we're further along now, but in the force, first four months of the organization's existence, we did 50,000 in grants. So I was really proud of that. Um, we hit the ground running and, um, yeah, we've had a lot of amazing support and I'm just super thrilled. So it's great to just, it's all real. <laughs> you know what I mean? After just Yeah, that's so, ex- that's so exciting. Where, how, where do you get your funding? Where does that come from? So from Is it grant, donors, donation? Again, I'm putting donor. my uh, network and my uh, fundraising skills from many years ago. I, I actually, like a very long time ago, was involved in um, the political realm a little bit because I was in DC and that was something I loved. So yeah, I mean, I'm just capitalizing on people that I know and getting the word out and really talking to people that I know connect with the mission uh, the same way that I do. And I'm so fortunate now to live in Wellington, Florida, where I'm surrounded by horse people. That is the whole community down here and very serious horse people. And it's just the perfect spot to be to launch because there's just so much natural support for what we're doing. And are you on social media or um, technically? Uh, yes. <laughs> so we have formed an Instagram page. Um, it is there. If you look up human animal Alliance on Instagram, we are going to start posting there regularly this year. Right now we're kind of in fundraising mode. Um, we have three good size fundraisers planned for this year. So that's a lot of logistics and it's very exciting. They're all going to be in different cities. So um, working on that now. So we'll have, lots to post once those start happening. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I love that you're doing this. I love that you took the leap thank you. and that you believed in yourself and in this, in your mission. And I, I think it's great and I can't wait to see how it grows. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it was so great to reconnect with Jackie again. Her journey, including her recent pivot to a whole new career, is a huge inspiration to me and a valuable lesson for young people. I've heard from some teens that I have worked with and from my own teenagers. They feel pressured to pick the right career or the right college major because they'll have to stick with it for the rest of their lives. Jackie is proof that that is simply not true. And I'm proof of that as well. As Jackie so eloquently stated, career seekers should focus less on what they want to do and more on who they are and how that aligns with a potential career. I wish someone had given me that advice early on in my career. I probably would have gotten here, where I am now, a lot sooner. So I guess the big takeaway here is that no matter how young or how old you may be, it's okay to pivot, to start something new, to launch a new career. And when you do, make sure you choose something that matters to you. Huge thanks to Jackie Ducci for joining me again today. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you are enjoying these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. All links and references mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. 
I'd love it if you would connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a minute, please give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's it for now. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.